welcome to another episode of In a Pickle, the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of sports. I am your host, Dave Houghton, and with me today, a very hungover, Sarah Raytalic. Sarah, hey. am, I, am I speaking too loud? Huh. It, uh, <laughs> it's waking me up. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's waking me up. It, I've, I've realized as I've gotten older that, you know, I have turned into that two beer queer. But when the beers are this big, like... Yeah, well, that's they're, true. They're, I mean, you're paying 20 bucks or something, so it should be the size of a bucket. That's true. Uh, overpriced stadium beers are absolutely ridiculous. The worst. <laughs> the worst. So uh, Sarah went to the Smashing Pumpkins last night. Didn't even know they were still a thing, so that's that's good to know that they're hey, still around. It's you know, and to see um, Jane's addiction too with them, it's one of those that I was thinking last night. I'm like, holy crap! There's not a lot of bands from that era that are still touring. I mean, like or Billy alive. Corgan's, what, yeah, or alive. Like Billy yeah. Corgan's, what, like fifty mid fifties? Yeah, absolutely. Now, like they're all in. Perry Farrell is what, like a skeleton that's just painted on with yep. flesh. Held up, I don't even think held yeah, up I, don't by even strings. I don't even know if he's really alive. No. I mean, he's so entertaining. He was talking about whore and I was like, yeah, well, because they had the sentence, but like he was just going on. It's like, don't forget about them. They give good blowjobs. And I was like, it's very Perry like, oh, man. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> good morning. Here good we morning. are waking you up. Oh and my gosh! For anyone listening that hears it, sound like it might sound like a dog's being murdered in the background. It's just my bitchy little it's, bratty dog. It's who, just uh, your buddy Michael Vick over for uh, breakfast. Yes, mm-hmm. this goes. But no, he just wants attention because you would Michael normally Vick hear or the dog. Probably both. Yeah, yeah, I would assume Michael Vick needs attention from dogs. Yeah, from dog. Yeah. Do- yeah. Yeah. I wonder if dogs go near Michael Vick, like they smell. The fact that he That's killed a, a bunch of dogs. Question. Like, and he's walking down the street, and there's like, they're like, mm. they're like, oh, that guy. Ah, he smells like he's killed a bunch of dogs. And do, and does the smell automatically, is it, I don't know, like, what would the, the smell be? Would it be shame or anger or fear? Like, what is it that the dogs are going to smell off of him? Mm, maybe murder. Yeah, probably murder. Yeah. So does that smell closest to like an axe spray smell or I think axe actually made that it's uh, it's like murder. It smells like uh, piss shit and blood. Nice. Yeah. With with, uh, sea sea breeze. With like a splash of it. Yeah. A little little splash of beach, you know, what they use in the middle school locker rooms. Yeah. Yeah. You smell that in every middle school locker. Beach. So, all right. So we got a very busy day. So um, we got a a few updates to do. We got a couple of, uh, well, we do have one story that we got to get into later on, and it's going to tie in with uh, Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. And we'll get to that later. But uh, let's get right into the news. So we got some news. You got, do you want to go with updates or you just want to go with some news stuff? I'm going to go news, updates, pickle. Yeah. All right. So. All right. Kick it. All right, so here's the deal for the week. Um, We had Hall of Fame relief pitcher Bruce Sutter has passed away on Thursday the 13th at 69 due to cancer. 
ads. Uh, Sutter, who made his major league debut with the Cubs in May of 1976, was a six-time All-Star, won the Cy Young in 1979, and was the first pitcher inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame without starting a major league game. That's pretty impressive right there. That is very impressive. Yeah. He was also part of the 1982 World Series winning St. Louis Cardinals team. What a team. That's a, that's a team so, right there. That was sad. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't hear any reports that he was sick either. So it had just been announced that he had cancer. And then Do you notice just, a new trend with famous people keep everything hidden? I mean, Norm McDonald did that. Private. And I, yeah. I respect it. Yeah, absolutely. I respect it so much. Yeah. Um, and then going off of that, as us talking about privacy, you have Dikembe Mutombo, who mm. has started treatment after being diagnosed with a brain tumor. And yeah. his family asked in a statement um, to the NBA because they want to handle it privately. Like, they don't right. want, you know, it. And I get it. It can be a lot because a lot of people will probably be like, oh, you want to talk about it? Oh, how's he doing? Like this right. and that, you know, and you wanted to be with your family and you want to go through this together and be the support system that you can be for him. Right. So, I don't know if, that, you, if you saw that story, too. Uh, Nate Robinson also having some issues. He's he's going into kidney failure. Really? I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Former uh, one of my favorite times on the Celtics you know he was on a million teams but like when he was with the Knicks and he was a slam dunk champion and then when he came to the Celtics I was like so excited about that and then and then he left us and he went on to like six other teams but but yeah yeah it's really sad we are at that age I remember because you remember when Reggie Lewis died oh yeah and oh and I remember being like, man, but like, he's so young and like all this stuff and, right. you know, had out of my head. And now as we've gotten older, because it wasn't like the realization is that like once we get older, all these other players get older, too. Right. And that they eventually die in that time frame that that mental. I only could understand that Reggie Lewis was young and right. shouldn't have. That, and- now, now I'm like, fuck, they're all older. and. I remember happens. I remember when he died, it kind of confused me because I thought that like only I know this sounds silly, but I was also a, a kid. I what he died, 93, maybe it was something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that young people only die in accidents and old people were the only ones that died randomly. Yeah. So when well, he died and ugh. the fact that i remember watching that game when he passed out on when the he court. passed out when he felt like it was so, i was watching that too and yeah. i was like oh my gosh like what happened like didn't you know you, we were younger so right. we didn't know but yeah as we've uh grown up we are officially older than all the players like we've been yeah. officially older than all the players for a good what 15 years now um but to have the ones that we grew up with starting to leave yeah. this earth is very gut-wrenching to me yeah. i think i realized that i was old when um players that i saw get drafted and that i i loved growing up and they were starting to retire and then i was like wow like Shaquille O'Neal, already out of the league, maybe like what, 15 years? Giles yep. Barkley, 
Paul Pierce. Hansel Warren, all. Yeah. Like, it's just. Guys I idolize, yeah. like you know, Larry Johnson, Grandmama, like, okay. you know? And then it's like, oh, these guys are out of the league for a long time now. And, and now they're all starting to die, you know? Really does just. It's too bad. Yeah. Can we just pause the time for a little bit? Yeah, right. To, I know. Go back uh, to nine basketball for a, m- a moment. Oh, God, I miss 80s, 90s basketball. And oh. now it's just, it's all like buddy, buddy, unless you want to fight your teammate. But Right. Oh. Uh, well, we'll get into that later. Yes. Let's bring back those Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The last, okay. the last good, uh, and I, I know I'm probably – uh, wrong for saying this but like the last good moment in basketball where it wasn't buddy buddy was probably the malice at the palace oh yeah you know or it's yeah, just that's, like well, nah, that i don't was... i don't think it was a good idea for ron Artest to go up in the stands and, and no. beat the shit out of the guy but like that no. was the last good brawl in basketball now and it's it was like, the wrong guy <laughs> yeah right right of all things the dude dipped yeah the guy's like, oh, I'm getting the hell out of here. There's too many people in here. Yeah. Ron you know? looks pissed. I'm out. Now it's like when, f- when basketball players get into a fight, there's like 15 people behind. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, put me behind you. I don't want to really fight him. I just want to look tough. Right. And then everybody just, just slaps stands. hands after. They're like, yeah, yeah, good, good. We're yeah. good. Like, oh, I'm sorry. We're friends again. Uh, let's go ride a, a four-seat banana boat. <laughs> they're on the swan boats yeah no <laughs> going around the common. let's go back to hating each other again ah oh, i loved it and it i feel like it, basketball it, it was that actually was fierce it was rivalry so good it was so freaking good i loved growing up and the yankees Celt- uh, the yankee celtics that's where my brain is the laker i mean same thing lakers yankees right um the lakers celtics rivalry do you like how wild it was to watch it on tv oh yeah the old garden right and it was because it's los angeles like you have it's hollywood and it's these these fancy boys more or less coming to the knit and grit right of you know the the garden where it's all these blue collared workers and of course like they're they're screaming the fans were just as worse they are today even actually they were much worse back then they were screaming up players you know yeah so it was just that rivalry growing up in boston to witness that rivalry was phenomenal and then then, having the piston celtics was was uh, great too because it was like two blue collar class people or teams right right so good i just i miss it i miss that much and I mean, that's why I don't watch the NBA because I feel that there's a lot of princesses mm-hmm. in the NBA. I feel that it's not as, yes, they, the game has changed. So they all still play relatively hard and if not harder, yeah, right? but it's not a team game anymore. It's who's got the scoring title and who's making these dunks. And right. for me, I'm like, that dude just traveled. Like he took nine steps. He just right. came from Europe to the paint. Like, what's going on here? So, for me, I get very infuriated with it. Right. So, what else we got on the news? On the news? Uh, on the 
Cardinals stack it. Uh, Dan Snyder says he has dirt on NFL owners and Roger Goodell. Hiring all this information because he hired a private investigator. He is so hated by all NFL owners. So it's like, this the reason. Buzz. Buzz. Buzz, your girlfriend. (laughs) I'm in a new location Um, today, so uh, I don't have my uh, typical setup. So if you see my uh, wife's curtains in the background on YouTube, uh, this is what the inside of my house looks like. They're nice. That yellow anxiety. Yeah, we uh, it's not uh really yellow it's more of a tan it just comes off as yellow in this camera for some reason because my head's if i just head like this it just keeps going in and out. <laughs> uh, yeah we're not really set up for success here today you know? Norm, you on your end that way me just in general yeah <laughs> right this guy, it makes for a great this, show this you know? great a lot of energy here we're Fucking both true. you're hungover i'm extremely tired i was up all night with the sick daughter well, if you ask my wife, I was sleeping, but I could hear her, you know? Yeah, you were there with the support. Yeah, plus I was at work for 15 hours yesterday, you know? You were there with the support. You were like, yeah, she's oh, hey, I think she's sick. Uh, often. Uh, I think we should get some shoes. I think we should get some nachos next time we go out. <laughs> so dance night a piece of shit okay and dance night a piece you, of shit you know what go ahead release it let's see it i want to see it, do it so all, it all of us all of us talking heads out in the world all these all of us that do sports and shit release it let's go who cares blow it up your team blow sucks your stadium dumps sewage all over the place you're not going to mm-hmm. get a new stadium you're going to be forced to sell you finally changed your name you're a complete embarrassment to football and or maybe you're not maybe you're just exactly the type of stupid idiot that football needs but you know what let's release that stuff because those guys are going to be like um let's just kill them how about that why not they're evil businessmen you don't think they're gonna Mm -hmm. i mean so is dan snyder but like you don't think they're coming no they're coming for his knees if they let it out 29 29 to one come on Let's do this. Come on. Gonna, this it. guy's going to be uh, uh, in a ditch somewhere or buried under his stadium. Let's do it. You know, Let's see. but there was another article that was saying that he has mostly information on Jerry Jones, which and they were best friends. Yes. Yeah, they are. Jerry like Jones was the only one that supported him for all those years. Right. And now right. he's going after his friend. He's, he's like. He's barking up the wrong tree here. And boys, you know. Yeah, fuck them boys. Boys, <laughs> like, it's but unbelievable. No, like, like why? Why would you go after Jerry Jones of all people? Like Jerry no, Jones, or, or not? Not so much Jerry Jones. Why would you go after the only one that really helped you out and supported you through all your stuff? Well, the other thing too is this is like a legitimate question that I have: is how is any other information that you are going to provide to the public? any different than all the bullshit that is going on in the NFL. Right. There's so much trash that is happening in the NFL and the NFL doesn't give a flying fuck about it. Obviously. So With why concussions protocol concussions protocols, you got some more massage therapist situations coming out. You've got all sorts of wild stuff right. that consistently happens on a daily, ba- daily basis. We're finding new stories right. out for NFL players. 
any coaches, anything like that. Like, I just don't understand how this is going to be any different than a Tuesday. Right. It, exactly. It, it's just the same old song and dance with the, the NFL. And it doesn't matter. They don't care. Uh, apparently, you know, us as fans don't really care because we're still sitting there watching, playing our fantasy football, doing everything. <laughs> we're buying merchandise. We're just going crazy. So it doesn't matter. You know, even the shit teams have sold out stadiums. So, I mean, I, I posted a video on TikTok on Thursday night for Thursday Night Football that absolutely blew up. So, uh, Oh, such a great one. If you haven't seen it, please <laughs> go and see it. It is so great. Go to IAPradio.com. Click on that TikTok link. Uh, 15,000 people were asking if I was cr- actually crying. Be like, well, uh, yes, but that's because I was at work. But no, because that was a filter. So, yeah, but it's so fun. good. I mean, the other I love thing people's comments too on things. Oh, like, my God. How they comment- change the channel. Oh, 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 OK. I didn't think about that. Who knew? <laughs> Who or knew you, could I- just re- you could have that option. You could just respond with it. Uh, it only works on remote. There's no buttons on my TV and I lost the remote. <laughs> so I'm first. Right. Yeah. Do I'm, it. I'm screwed. I'm being or, tied down against my will. Yeah. I was going to say this is your wife's punishment to you. Right. No, I didn't no. do the dough. No. Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> No. Well watch watch the Chicago versus Washington game. No. This game is the worst. <laughs> it's unbelievable. What a shit game. Terrible. The other but guess thing what? Was... We're still watching. It's true. The the uh it's really true. I didn't watch because it meant I had to like log in to, to, to be honest with you. The only reason why I watched was because I was at work and I put it right. on. Right. You know, you wouldn't have watched it otherwise. No. I was watching this and yeah. then I was watching baseball. So, yeah, right. Yeah, I had baseball I was... on one TV and that shit game on the other. And That's I was more watching the baseball game while I was working. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought um, to to finish up with NFL speak. NFL speak. It should be like a team name um or we are the nfl speaks we are the nfl speaks (laughs) i was dying this week when um mike mcdaniels was like praising his team for removing the ping pong table out of the locker room and then tyree kills like nah like it broke we had to get a new one like we (laughs) like i was like wow for a, a coach who's supposedly like all about his players, you have no pulse at what's going on in your locker right. room. You have no idea about your people. You have no idea about anything. Mm. I, it was a good solid three days that I was referencing that and just dying laughing, <laughs> dying laughing. I, I mean, I mean you, you honestly have no clue what's going on in your locker room. Zero. You know, not not that you need Zero. to know that the friggin' pin ping pong table is bent, but like right. Yeah, the table's out. How about you ask somebody like, hey, what happened to that table? And be like, oh, it broke. We had to get a new one. Instead of like, don't assume. Don't yeah. assume. We got like, it out of there because it was distracting. No, you know what's distracting? The fact that your quarterback has to eat through a straw for yeah. the rest of his life. You know? So I mean, for him, NFL yeah. will drop that shit. They don't care. They don't care. No fox giving. Yeah, they, they haven't cared ever. You know, what do they have? Like, the they have this bs concussion protocol thing that seems like it goes by the wayside this year because there's guys 
who jump right up and be like, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden their legs turn into noodles and they're on the ground again. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have uh, the pension plan for their players, but half those players don't even know how to open the door to their house to go get that, to go cash that check. So it's, it's just, it doesn't look good. I mean, I understand that like NFL is super popular and it is a uh, widely successful sport, but at the rate they're going, football might not be around too much longer. I mean, you know, in our lifetime, you know, it'll be here. But, like, honestly, like, within the next 50 years, I'd be surprised that people actually keep playing because – is there a ghost in your room? I, just, I heard scratching at the door. Oh, yeah, the dog scratching at the door. It's your husband, he's scratching at the door. He's like, let me in. Let me come in. But, like, um, I, I just don't see – I see either football changing where it goes. I I don't want to say flag football, but it goes to that kind of thing. And also like the refs are calling like stupid BS calls okay. of, of like roughing the passer when that's just actual football. Like yeah. I know you're trying to maybe like protect certain players. It almost seems like you're only trying to protect certain players, not yeah. all the players. And it's like all or nothing, but also don't call like, you know, if you sneeze on the line and then it's like, oh, there's a flag, you know, it's like, come on, like, well, let's, it's, let's get real. It's it's a mess. And then you have Goodell thinking and trying to figure out how to incorporate Europe in yeah. football in Europe. And I'm like, can we pump the brakes and deal with the issues that we have here before right. you start trying to make expansion teams overseas? Right. Because here's the thing, if if and when that does happen and he makes expansion teams overseas, that's when the whole league's going to fold. Why, because, why you got to go overseas, though? Why can't you go up? Why can't you go to Canada? Why can't you go to Mexico? They have a Canadian football league, so why can't you merge with the Canadian football league? Right. Like, you have billions of money. You could probably buy out the Canadian football league. Absolutely. But the Absolutely. other thing, too, is I have the feeling that these dudes that play in the Canadian Football League, some of most of them or some of them have played in the um, NFL. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of them, the NFL has a lot of stigma around it. Mm-hmm. So they probably have gone to the Canadian Football League because they want nothing to do with the NFL. And I feel with how can, uh, Canada has their rules and laws and all this stuff that that any um the NFL wouldn't be able to abide by them because right. you know they have a lot of committees about sexual harassment and violence like Canada doesn't want to be attached to that shit they're like right. we'll keep that as a US thing because right, that's right. basically what you guys are is this freaking dumpster fire right so that's why he's looking to go to Europe because nobody else on this continent will have anything to do with us it's it's silly there every sport is already far behind the level of success of branching out into other countries that the NBA is on. The NBA has, they, now they don't have any teams out, out there in, in Europe or anything, but like globally, the NBA is huge. So well known. Yeah. It's so known. You have several people from different countries who are like their goal is 
you know, in Africa or China, like their goal is to make it to the NBA. Right. They know about it. And it's also, you know, a lot of those players play internationally during the off season. And then you also have the Olympics that it is these NBA players playing on the Olympic team. So they've had exposure to it. So and Olympic basketball is huge, huge. Everybody turns into Olympic basketball. Huge. Yeah. Um, I, I would say Olympic basketball is much bigger than Olympic hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think honestly, Olympic basketball is probably the most popular uh, Olympic sport in the summer. Minus like, uh, no, it's it's. Oh, yeah. That's because yeah. what else is in the summer? Track, track, swimming. I'm terrible at running and swimming. Oop. Yeah. The the second most popular for um, winter Olympics is probably hockey first curling. It depends on where you well, like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's curling for me because it's just uh, guys who look like me drinking beer, throwing tea kettles at oversized <laughs> pucks. <clears throat> so, right. Um, no, but curling is very popular out there. Yeah. I think we've talked about it before. Um, and I think it's also, again, like with everything else, it's a regional thing where right. certain parts of the world, the cold parts will really be invested in hockey more than basketball. Yeah, right. And we've we've discussed that on on the show before. Yeah. It's easy. Basketball is like one of the easiest things that you could play because all you need is a basketball in a milk crate with no bottom and tie it to the the telephone pole. Hockey, you need like a net, a stick, a, a puck. You know, you it, it's just it's a lot of stuff. Where basketball is just like, well, I can do this. Plus, I mean, with hockey, obviously, you need to learn to skate. And if you don't, like you said back, uh, I think it was episode two or three where you're like if you don't know how to skate if you're from a, a warm climate you're never gonna learn to skate never you're you never know? gonna nope never i mean it's, it's you know the jamaicans had a bobsled team but they really had a they they really had a practice oh and and they made it happen they made their own faux yeah. bobs to go down those hills and we're yeah. doing the t- together they practice that in was, that bathtub just a lot of teamwork there oh, John John Candy Candy. Was the, yeah r.i.p mm. even though he's been dead for jesus 30 years yeah but it hits you home because yeah, everyone's lovable uncle yeah i just want good old uncle buck exactly <laughs> all right what else we got oh, all are right we, are we on to the dill the, the... uh i got two updates all right give me the updates uh, two updates. Uh, last week, we discussed Ian Cole yep. um, from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He has been reinstated after the investigation results uh, resulted in no findings of sexual abuse. Look at that. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. Is that a... So, is that... You think that's real or you think that's someone paid someone off and buried the story? I don't know. I feel the NHL in comparison to other organizations are very serious about it. Like they have removed players from teams and organizations for shit like this. So if they did have findings, they would have been like, you're suspended, you're fined. And we're going to revisit everything once we finish the rest of the, and then they would essentially um, reach out to 
the victim to if they want the victim to press charges like the nhl would support that the nhl's they they are supportive of their players but to an extent if you suck as a human they're not going to support you right how it should be yeah absolutely that's how no matter how big of a a play you are if you're getting 400 different hand jobs in a massage parlor i mean we're going to call you out and suspend you for the entire year and or possibly like kick you out of the league instead of Suspending you for, uh, yeah, 12 of the 13 games just so. When is, yeah. Oh, he, yeah, it changed. I, I checked out after the first suspension yeah. came down. Well, you know why he's, you know why Deshaun Watson's coming back on that specific game? It's because it's Browns versus Texans. And that's going to be a moneymaker because <sighs> it's going to be old team versus new team. And like, <sighs> You don't think the the NFL? Oh, knows they know. What, of course, they know, they know what they're, what they're doing. doing. They Absolutely. always know what they're doing. They always know. Shitheads. Yeah. Um, speaking. So this is a a little update that had me chuckling the other day. Shut the fuck up. Um, I'm not taking that one out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a little Brett Favre update is that he has spoken. He has spoken Finally. and what and what he has said is that he de- he he denies any wrongdoing. Of course he does. And he's blaming it all on the media. Yeah, right. Right. Of course. It's, it's the all the media's fault. fault. All they, of it. They made him steal five million dollars from Mississippi. All he was. Just, so all all Brett five was really trying to do was take the five million dollars from Mississippi from the welfare department of Mississippi and buy $5 million worth of Wrangler jeans to give out to the poor. That's all yes. he was doing. Well, he's trying to get those jumpsuits for the he's poor. He's just trying to denim the community. That's all. But like what balls Ooh. on this guy? I, I, it's your, it's the media's fault. Like, well, yeah. Did you have something? No, I was just thinking about like, uh, Denim the community. Like, that's like a good, maybe that's gonna be my nonprofit. <laughs> I'm gonna just start a nonprofit and be like, you get some jeans and yeah. you get and you get those acid wash yaga style jeans. Yeah. And you're gonna get those the jean jacket. <laughs> they got little speakers on the side of the jeans. Yes. Acid wash jeans. Okay, so yeah, I'm so I'm in the zone of deniming the community please hey everybody needs a side hustle okay you know please please proceed yeah. <laughs> what you were talking about before i completely spaced out and was like how can i make this work you want to donate to sarah's <laughs> jeans uh denim across the world uh are we denim across uh, uh denim across the united states um name yes name tbd yeah uh donate to sarah send her random pairs of pants <laughs> random jeans whether they're uh, Janko jeans or Daisy Dukes. Oh, Janko jeans. Yeah. Or the parachute pants where with the uh, 40 inch bottoms there. You know, you can fit. You can, find, you can find all the information on where to send that is IAPradio.com. IAPradio.com. Go ahead and DM <laughs> us to donate your used or slightly <laughs> defecated in denim. So. <laughs> We're going to denim the community. Yeah, denim the community. Helping one person at a time wear a pair of jeans. So. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, who says we're not for the people in this show? <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, Brett Favre, piece of garbage. Uh, yeah. Hot, hot trash. Yeah, it's, it's the media's fault that he steals money. I yeah. want to say, I want to say, now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know how true it is because I try to block that out of my mind because I don't like the dude at all. I want to say Kurt Schilling did the same thing. Like he said the same shit. Like it's the media's fault that. I believe he, he did too when he was, Island. when he, because they're batshit. Yeah. And Kurt Schilling is batshit crazy. So yeah, he stole $36.1 million from the state of Rhode Island. Where I guess Brett Favre only stole five million from the poor, so I think Brett. Uh, I don't know. Rhode Island's really small. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but, but five million from from the welfare. Welfare. That's that could do a lot of good for a lot of people. Yeah, you know what? They're both equal pieces of shit. Yeah, they both suck. You know. You know. I don't know. We we say this every week, every week. He could so easily get behind this and just donate some of his money or get some of his friends to do something. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have any friends. But no, he definitely doesn't have any friends. And Uh, he's not going to, he would never get behind it because that would, oh, you know, just realized I'm not even hooked in. Ah, that's why you sound weird. Wow. Okay, so I'm coming out of it. Now I can. Wow. wow. Hold on. Hold on. Hey. Hey, Sarah Founder hey. Mike. Wow, what a rough morning. Wow. I thought you sounded weird that whole time. You should have told me I sounded I, weird. I, I just thought it was my computer and my whole setup because I'm, I'm on a, a fucking napkin holder right now. <laughs> no, it's it's. <laughs> no, it's me not realizing that my mic isn't connected. Well, now it's and it took connected. me to go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some, there's no cord here. Something's not right. As I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So now if you uh, can finally hear Sarah, welcome to the show again. Oh, welcome. Welcome to I. We are radio. certainly not going back and talking about anything else. So fuck that. All right. So let's um, get uh, what do we got uh, is uh, let's get the, the big pickle or the. Uh, what the hell do we call this thing? Uh, yeah, it's the biggest pickle the in the jar. Pickle. I, it's, I, uh, I hate There's too many names. Uh, too many pickle references. Well, let's get to the I, big pickle because we got a story for you today that will um, bring on a guest next week. So, yeah, we have uh, a guest. Yeah, our first guest with me and Sarah. I've had some guests before on the show, but this is our first guest with, with me and you. So. Word. All right, so biggest pickle. All who do right. you got? So this week for the biggest pickle, I have Hockey Canada. Ah, this week. the entire uh, Hockey Canada. Entire Hockey Canada. Uh, Hockey Canada has announced that CEO Scott Smith and its entire board of directors have stepped down. This comes days after interim board chairwoman Andrea Skinner resigned from her post. Now, in a brief rundown on Hockey Canada. It is the national governed body of hockey in Canada. It is basically all of hockey in Canada is under the um, hockey Canada umbrella. Okay. So from like kids all the way up to adults, they all play under hockey Canada. Oh, oh, okay. So it's not like a professional thing. It's like 
a it's nation like, uh of... it's, yes it's ah. from like little little kids all the way up to adults it is like the whole country is involved in hockey right. canada i thought it, like, i thought it had something to do with the professional teams in canada and it's not, not like the youth and all that like league and all that it is affiliated with um the canadian hockey league okay all right so it it does from like little kids so it's like all like the traveling teams like the little kids through teenage right. years like u18 up into like the seniors and all junior seniors and then to um canadian hockey it covers oh wow so all of is, it this is a big net this is huge yeah. huge 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 um but why these people stepping down is huge uh, is because Hockey Canada has been dealing with a sexual uh, assault scandal since May, where they had paid a settlement to a woman who allegedly had been a victim of a sexual assault in 2018. Mm -hmm. Then their federal government funding was frozen and they investigated into whether the public funds were used to fund the settlement. And the Standing Committee of Canada, which is like their um, Canada has, this is their committee that does the research. If you um, do like a workplace sexual assault harassment right. or some, you know, allegations like this. Um, so they opened an uh, inquiry into Hockey Canada and their past allegations and all of this. And they found that they um, were handling it just like this, that in 1999, they had created a participants legacy trust fund to distribute to its members for matters, including, but not limiting to sexual abuse. Mm. So basically in Canada, hockey Canada had opened a separate account on taxpayers dime because this is government funded. Jesus. They opened a separate account to pay off the uh, sexual harassment allegations. Um, and on top of it, this week, Bauer, because now, now they've already had Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons, um, Chevy of Canada, Scotiabank, and Nike drop sponsorship with them. Oh, boy. Bauer, who is the biggest hockey equipment company right. in the world, dropped their sponsorship with that them. That is huge. Huge. That, I mean, you know, you know, you lose Nike. Uh, that's big. Um, I imagine if you lose Tim Hortons in Canada, that's ginormous, you know, right? But like also Bauer, like you lost Bauer. So uh, what could possibly be left when you see the biggest names in sporting equipment and and just the biggest names in Canada? Like what could possibly stay on board? Nothing. You know, where it's Nothing. like uh, Billy Bob's gas station, where it's like, uh, may, uh, you know what? It, it's okay. So apparently they're from the south. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's all right, y'all. Y'all do some crazy things with women's. You know, I stay on sponsorships forever. <laughs> you know, like it's so wide. Like it is governed. It's it's state funded. It's publicly funded by the state, the country. I can't even say state like by the country. And you created a separate account. Right. And now you have these sponsorships coming out. So if there's other 
your your accounts are frozen. So if there's other assault cases that come out, what what's going to happen now? You right. can't pay those people off. Like what what they're going to have to. I don't know. My brain is so fraught. So like, now the whole board has resigned. They have all stepped down. And so is the CEO. They've all stepped down because this has been. This has been a nightmare because they've uncovered so much shit. What's worse is the person who now steps up and takes control of Hockey Canada has such a mess to clean up. Such a mess. How do you even start? How do you start cleaning up something like that? I don't even know. You might as well just dissolve the whole thing and like create something new. That's what I'm thinking that should happen. I mean, Hockey Canada has been around forever and ever and ever. Right. Uh, but I feel that you're going to have to just start from scratch. Right. Clear like, it down. Pay whatever, you know, uh, debts you have to, um, you know, your lawsuits. There, there's going to be massive allegations. There, I'm sure there's going to be more, you know. 100%. There's, there's always more. Um. And it's just, oof, wow, that's yeah. Tough. I feel so, bad for the person who has to clean that mess up. <sighs> that's unbelievable. Oh, uh, so your you got the you got Hockey Canada as the big the biggest pickle. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I know we don't normally do this, but I'm gonna go with the Golden State Warriors this week as the biggest pickle because nice. it has come out that the only reason why the Golden State Warriors did not suspend Draymond Green for his uh, for his uh, fisticuffs with Jordan Poole was because they didn't want to embarrass Green on opening day and have him not be there so he can get his fourth championship ring. No way. So you're encouraging, you're basically you're saying it's like if one of my kids hits the other one and you say that's okay that's let's go right. get some toys that's okay yeah let's go get ice cream that's fine thumbs up this is not a full house episode okay mm-hmm. actions have consequences okay the only good part about this that came out is the fact that jordan Poole just signed a four-year 140 million dollar extension along with uh, uh who's the who's the other big name player up there oh man um not not steph curry or, or uh, no the uh, other dude Clay thompson the one that played um, in uh minnesota oh my god what the fuck anthony Williams? no uh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but they also signed him to an extension uh, another four year at 111 million there is no doubt in my mind that golden state used some of their let's maybe re-sign Draymond Green money on Jordan Poole because as much as they they want Draymond Green to be there to receive his fourth ring, which I don't know. I I think that action – I'm always a big thing and actions have consequences. I tell my kids that all the time. You do something messed up, you're not going to get what you want to do. Okay, actions 100%. have consequences. I don't think that Draymond Green should be there. But I, you know, whatever. I understand that, like, they don't want to disrespect the the fabulous four or whatever the hell they want to call this splash. Well, that's what I said last week. I was like, I found that it was more horseshit that they were upset that that video got leaked out more than anything. Like, that was more horseshit to me than the, like, 
the actual punching in the face. I mean, that how can you be like if I went to work and I punched one of my coworkers, right? I would be reprimanded. I would be fired right. for for punching one of my coworkers. I don't think anybody in the real world would give anybody a raise and or not fire or suspend them for punching out your coworker. Right. I I the way that Golden State has handled this and the fact that they were more pussy sore over the fucking video being leaked right. just shows how ass backwards the organization is right. and that they are just they're catering to the players especially the senior players because right. they want to tr- they want to try to I don't know what it is is it because they want to keep fans in the stands is it because it's some kind of I can't imagine that there's going to be like bonds. I don't know. Right. I I can't imagine that there's going to be like massive amounts of Golden State Warrior fans that don't show up to the the opening day ring ceremony because Draymond Green's not going to be there. Nobody likes him. him. Nobody likes him. There's the old school players really appreciate him. He's, he's just... a fucking baby. He's yeah. a he is such a baby. He talks so much shit when someone comes at him. He's like, like, dude, shut the fuck up and just fucking play basketball and just stop being such. Just stop. Just now I'll give stop. I'll give myself I'll give us both an out here. Now if he does not sign resign with the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors don't take him back or whatever happens. And he goes to another team, uh, say like a, a semi shit bum team, and he does well and they win a championship, then I will take back everything I said about him. Right. Because then, then he's a real deal player. But you right. know what? I know that. You know that. The people listening out there right now know that that's not going to happen. No. That, that won't happen because he is just, he's, I won't take anything away from his game. He's a good player, he's an annoying player. But he would be nothing without the rest of the Golden State Warriors. He would you be nothing without Steve around Kerr. him. That's his thing. He, he right. needs those people around him to be right. successful. And it's that essentially is a team like that's right. how basketball should be. It's a team sport. And for him to ha- not have this realization that the only reason why he is successful is because of the people that are in place and the coaching that is in place is what's blasphemy to me. Right. Like he just, he makes me. Ugh, yeah. Worst. It's unbelievable. But he is not the only one who's ever had a problem on the team. And if we had Jonathan Papabon ever came on, we could talk to him about him and Bryce Harper, but. Going in the same direction as basketball, do you remember Javaris Crittenton? Yeah, the name's very familiar to me. Yeah. And I did my darndest to not Google him. So ah, good. So you could be surprised when yes. we talk today. Our subject for In a Pickle, we're doing our very first NBA show. We are talking about Javaris Crittenton. So Woo. if you remember Javaris, uh, first of all, both his first and last name are very hard to pronounce mm-hmm. because you want to say uh, Crinton or Crinton or so I'm just going to try to keep saying Javaris. So uh, Javaris had a very promising career in the NBA, but once he was in 
once he was in that life, he couldn't shake off that street life. So Javaris was born in Atlanta, and I'm sure everyone listening out there is familiar with the city in the state of Georgia, so I don't have to go with the notable. So I'll skip that right now. Javaris was a huge standout in the Southwest Atlanta Christian Academy where he went to high school. Some of the notables that went to SACA include just him and Dwight Howard. So, oh, yeah. So that's really it. Um, for a Christian school run by a pastor, it was really it really ended up only producing two complete assholes. So, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll find out why Javaris becomes an asshole here. Yeah. So Javaris actually might be the worst of those two. So Crinton's impressive numbers in team success would make him an All-American and Mr. Georgia of basketball. I guess that's Ooh. a huge thing. I, I've never been called Mr. Georgia of basketball. And I've so. never been called Mr. Georgia for anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of disappointed. So Javaris and Dwight Howard led the Southwest Atlantic team, Atlanta team to a victory in the state championship in their first season together. And they only played, I believe, one year together. Mm. So Javaris was a junior in 2005, and he averaged 28.4 points with seven assists and eight rebounds per game, which is huge. Wow. He led the Southwest Atlanta to the state finals again, this time by himself, but lost to Randolph Clay. As a senior, he went and averaged 29 points, nine assists, seven rebounds per game, and then again led Atlanta to the semifinals against what I assume is now their rival, Rudolph Clay again. After finally beating that team, they head to the championship once again. This time they were successful and they beat their rivals, Whitefield Academy, to become state champions. So Woo. chuck that on the board. Whittington is a Atlanta state champion. Woo. So now Javaris carried a 3.5 GPA in high school and was a member of the future business leaders of America, which that's pretty good that's i I don't pretty good i mean that's a solid gpa that's a pretty good gpa so right now you're saying "Hmm, seems like a smart guy right yeah you know which really now starts to make you wonder what happened here right so after high school javaris went on to attend georgia tech where he excelled and was considered a very big team leader a rare accolade as a freshman player his coach, Paul Hewitt, urged him to take over as lead, take over the leadership role on the team after his standout performance in several games in February of 2007. He recorded a career-high 29 points in February, on February 13th against Florida State. But after a single season, he would leave the state of Georgia and go pro. In 2007, the NBA draft, he was selected 19th overall by the L.A. Lakers. But life isn't always what it seems in the big leagues. He failed to live up to his expectations. 
Do you remember the 07 NBA draft? I know you're not big into the draft, but you'll be excited to know uh, when I tell you who was picked first overall. I really don't. Greg Oden was picked. He went number one. Do you remember Greg Oden? He was the one selected before Kevin Durant. He was not that good. He was not good at all. He was hurt for his entire career. The worst. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that he was not good in going. How could K? K? Wow, I can't make words happen. How can KD get uh, picked over? Yeah. How could Kevin? How how could Greg Oden? Right. Yeah. (gasps) Monday. (laughs) We're talking about Monday. Oh, at least my mic's connected now. I know. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so the 2007 draft is where Greg Oden went number one overall to the Trailblazers, while Kevin Durant went to the Seattle Super Haunt, Supersonics. R.I.P. The Sonics. For your for all you younger fans out there listening right now, yes, Seattle once actually had a team, the Supersonics, which. Oh, Sean back Kemp. in the day, Sean so Kemp good. Was Gary, one, like, Payton, Gary Payton, like uh, you even yeah. like Kendall Gill was on that team. Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, oh, yeah love it was the Supersonics. Good. Yeah. Uh, for all you Celtics fans out there, you'll remember this draft as the night that the Supersonics traded seven-time All Star Ray Allen, along with the draft rights of the thirty-fifth pick, which was Glenn. Big Baby Davis to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Delante West, who could definitely have his own show, Wally Zerbiak, and the draft rights to the fifth pick, which became Jeff Green, which later on in the Celtics history, Jeff mm. Green went on to play for the Celtics. And I absolutely hated Jeff Green on the Celtics. So during the NBA Summer League game on July 8th, 2007, Crittenton dropped 18 points, including a game-winning jump shot with 1.6 seconds left in the game. In the Lakers' first preseason game against the Golden State Warriors in Honolulu, Javaris had 18 points along with one assist, but unfortunately, not that it counts because it's preseason and nobody cares, the uh, the Lakers lost to the Warriors 111 and 110. My son was all butthurt the other day because the Celtics lost to the Raptors in preseason. I said, nobody it's cares nobody about cares that. about preseason. This nobody is the cares. time that like they warm up their muscles. They see who plays well together. Mailman is here. If you can't hear my dogs barking, they're oh, all barking. Yes. now. So if mailman's here, mail call. Um, yeah, but preseason doesn't matter. This is where the week get injured. And then this is how it rolls for the right. rest of the season. This is how you just start to cut the team, you know? Yep. So the next season, so not a lot happened while he was on the Lakers, obviously, because we go right into the next season where he would be traded to the Memphis Grizzlies along with Kwame Brown, who wasn't actually a good player, Mm -mm. Aaron McKee, and the rights to Mark Gasol in 2008 and 2010 first-round picks for Paul Gasol and a 2010 second-round pick. So it's a pretty heavy trade package. Yeah. On April 2nd, 2008, Javaris had a career high 23 points in a 130 to 114 win over the New York Knicks. Not that that's very hard back then, but yeah. 
that trade would actually work out in the favor of the Lakers tenfold because of Paul Gasol. They would go on to win the championship in 2009 and beat the Celtics, unfortunately. Funny story about that. Uh, 2009 finals was uh, I was working at Sullivan's Tap that night. And when they lost, we kicked everybody out. And I proceeded to drink and drink a lot. And I went down, <laughs> I went down, I went down Canal Street screaming that I hate the Celtics. No, yeah, no. I was, it was a whiskey night. So, oh, it was no, yeah. no, 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 yeah, no. I was no. very upset because I hate oh. the Lakers. Oh, no. I was so upset. I also don't like this was the first time last night. Uh, quick off topic this was the first time last night in four three or four years that i have no four years that i've been down that way on causeway street isn't it wild um i was like where are the hobos right and where is all the trash and i was like this is not what i am used to and what no. i like and like i was like this is too rich for my blood i don't I, like I this can't, it's just in the time like that I've been gone from Sully's, I left Sully's in, uh, I think, 2017. So just in that small time frame that I've been gone, that area has drastically changed. It's so wild. It's wild. It I, Like the whole front of the garden now, right? like the across the way, like across the street, going on like Causeway Street, even going down the side streets. Yeah. I loved going down the side streets because that's where you would take a piss. <laughs> like you would like, that's where you would freaking that's find, you find the alleyway. That, yeah, you could get right. weed after yeah. a show or a game or now there's, could... a, there's a dispensary on Friend Street where the old tent city used to be. But it's not the same. No, none of it's the same. We've I just I want my hobos. I yeah. want my hobos back. Yeah, I know. Okay. I want to I want to walk into the alley and see homeless Brian take a dump in a bucket. Yeah. You know? And I, I want to fear getting shanked. Right. And yeah. I don't have that fear. I was walking around last night. I was like, I'm not going to get stabbed. Right. This is. I'm more likely to get hit by a car than stabbed now. You and that makes now me sad. Have to, like roles are reversed. You have to be the stabber now instead of the stabby. Right. You oh. know? So it's not that I'm going to have to. But it's an ooh la la right there. You know, it's like, ooh la la. Look at this place, huh? Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I, felt, I felt poor. Do you remember going to, going to the garden as a kid? You'd get off the elevated railway, go down to that McDonald's. God. That you, you, you know, yes. your dad would get you a happy meal. You'd go into the garden oh. and the place smelled like old beer. Ass. And and ass. It was open ass. Yeah. I loved when you would go to a Bruins game and the ice was melting because the air conditioner wasn't on. Yep. Uh, or when you man. went to a Celtics and you could game. Smoke in <laughs> right. the, you could smoke in the garden. Right. Uh, you went to a Celtics game and the parquet was wet because the ice, yes, had melted. <laughs> the ice underneath <laughs> was melting. It was yeah. so good. Uh, what a shithole memory it's like the old fenway where like if you sat in the bleachers you couldn't get out in the regular stands because there was a fence blocking yeah. you because yep. if you sat in the bleachers you were bleacher creature and nobody was allowed to the other part of the stadium yeah unbelievable uh, uh, i love those days okay i'm <sighs> sorry that was my one quick off topic no it's it's great i love i love uh blast from the past there 
It's so good. I could smell the old garden right now. Oh my God. Me too. It's like, I think something smells like me, actually. <laughs> like cigarettes and cigarettes meat sweats. And vomit and <laughs> meat sweats. <laughs> so now on to December 10th of 2008, Javaris was part of a three team trade that sent him to the Washington Wizards along with Mike James from the New Orleans Hornets in exchange. The Wizards sent a conditional <laughs> first round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies and Antonio Daniels to the Hornets. Now, I know you're not big into basketball, mm -hmm. Sarah. So this is all this all is just for the big basketball heads out there that are listening to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. OK, so now that Javaris is with the Washington Wizards, if you remember them back in the day, they were the Washington Bullets mm -hmm. and a reason why the name was changed. This is where Javaris's life would take a wrong turn down a terrible path. On December of 2009, nearly a year later after being traded to the Wizards, Javaris and teammate Gilbert Arenas. Do you remember Gilbert Arenas? Mm, sure. He was a he was he was a big player back in the day. They were involved in a locker room confrontation that involved guns. Nice. This next part of the story was written by the guys from basketballnetwork.net. I took this from their page because honestly, they absolutely give the best description of the situation that occurred on that day in December. So, quote, everyone has their versions of the story. So let's get through the main elements that are mostly the same as all the versions. We know it started on the team plane. It's not news that players play card games on the team plane and that most often money is involved. And we know that from all those Jordan documentaries. Right. Right. Such competitiveness and personalities have to make it more interesting. So thousands of dollars are involved. Arenas and Crittenton were leaving the plane when trash talking started. Supposedly about money lost, in a game, I guess thousands of dollars were lost. And Javaris was not a high-profile player, so he didn't have that kind of money. He didn't have that Gilbert Arenas money. Gilbert Arenas just, at this point, had just signed a, uh, I forget the years, but it was like a $111 million contract. So it was huge. And this is like 2009. So this, so this yeah, is like that's one of the biggest, then. yeah, this is yeah. the biggest big payday right here because Gilbert Arenas was supposed to be like a hugely successful player, but this actually screwed him up too. So uh, they lost uh, Javaris lost big money in this game. And obviously he can't play it, pay it back. Both players starting mentioning their guns and using them and dealing with issues. So, and if oh. you remember the beginning of the story, Javaris Crinton went to a, Catholic school, so I don't think right. That... So, well, well, you don't know. <laughs> you, don't you don't know, know you what don't kind know. of Catholic school it was. I know, it, I know. It could have been Gat City. Uh, so, with thousands of dollars being involved, Arenas and Crittenton were leaving the plane when trash talking started, supposedly about the money lost in that game. Both players started mentioning their guns and using them when dealing with major issues like this. Crittenton allegedly told Arenas 
that he would shoot him in the knees if they were in the streets. So first threat comes out and it's Javaris. Yeah. Javaris is striking first with the threats. So according to arenas, he brought in four guns to the next practice and laid them out in front of Javaris's locker. When Javaris arrived to his locker, arenas told him to pick out one of these guns and I will shoot you with it. Thus, making always good on my promises. So, yeah. That's so, baller. That's that's baller. That's pretty badass. This is where that old school basketball, you're like, ooh. But yes. also, the you know, the violence with the guns on, on the team, eh, that's a no, bit rough, No, you know? right, but, like, that's baller. You roll up and you're like... You just shoot. lay out four guns right. in front of a dude's locker and be like, pick one, bitch. And I'll shoot you. I'm like, I'll take the gold one. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Is it going to be like gold plated bullets? Like, Ooh, let's do this up. Yeah. Every time I get shot, there's like a patch of gold on me. It's yeah. Like, oh, nice. Javaris then said that he had his own and pulled a gun out that was locked and loaded on Gilbert Arenas. Woo. In another version of the story, Arenas brought the guns in but Crittenton told to was told to pick out one should arenas also try to shoot him so they were just gonna like pistols at dawn right yeah like yeah. duel they should have just like they should have just did pistols at dawn right in the middle Let's of the court do it oh my god imagine oh my god the turnout in the arena would have been so amazing right absolutely i would have like, about that i'll much, get tickets for that how much do you think tickets would go for for that oh at least a grand. Yeah. Because yeah. if a bullet goes stray, like, and you also have to sign a waiver, so you can oh, get yeah, shot. You have to, you have to so, sign yeah, waivers. You have to sign a waiver. So yeah. I'm about it. Or or it's like that thing on the back of that ticket that says you may be shot, like in very small yeah. print. Oh, it's the tiny, tiny, tiny print. Yeah. It, because that's how they get away with it. Be like, oh, you bought the ticket. Not my fault. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the when you, if you don't read the back of the yeah. ticket and it says, do not bring your bag in here. But you bring a bag and then you have to just yeah, the, yeah throw it back away. It's like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in an uh, interview, former Wizards teammate Jerron Butler said, you never know. And that's crazy to think about when questioned when he was questioned if there was going to be a trigger pulled in that locker room between Gilbert and Javaris. On January 25th, 2010, Javaris pled guilty and was giving a year probation on a misdemeanor gun possession with the charges streaming from the incident in the locker room. Two days later, Javaris and Gilbert were both suspended for the rest of the season by NBA commissioner David Stern. Javaris was later released by the Washington Wizards following the suspension, while Gilbert Arenas was allowed to rejoin the team because you can sacrifice the $700,000, but you cannot throw away $111 million. No. This incident would permanently halt Javaris in his NBA career and send him back down that very dark road that we discussed earlier. After almost two years out of the NBA, the Charlotte Bobcats decided to take a risk and sign Javaris to a non-guaranteed contract. However, they would release him three weeks later before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. 
After that, Javaris decided to move to China to play for the Chinese Basketball Association. There, he averaged 25 points per game, but he returned to the United States after just five games. In February of 2011, he would join the Dakota Wizards of the NBA D-League. He played 21 games for that minor league club, including five starts until, unfortunately, it was officially over for Javaris Crittenton. Now, fast forward to August 26, 2011. Javaris was charged with the August 19th murder, August 19th murder of Julian Jones, a 22-year-old mother of four. Oh, man. Oh, man. Atlanta Police Department indicated that Jones was not the intended target. They believe that Javaris was targeted, was targeting a person who robbed him in April of 2011. Always read the back of your ticket. Yes, please. Yikes. Jones was shot in the leg and died during surgery. Javaris was arrested by the FBI in John Wayne Airport in California. It's kind of funny that he was arrested in the John, John Wayne. Wayne. Like a yeah, right. So. Who shoots in the leg. Right. I mean, that that's what I'm get, gathering from this. He threatened to shoot. People are getting shot in the leg, threatened to shoot people in the leg. Right. Guy's a uh, guy's a leg hunter, I guess. I yeah, he's got maybe a a, a leg Freaking finish. Wild. So on August 29th, he was arrested at the airport while waiting to board a flight back to Atlanta. His lawyer said that Javaris's sole purpose for this trip to Atlanta was to surrender himself into custody. Ah, uh, yes, that old chestnut right mm -hmm. there. Oh no, no, no! no. Yep. I was going back to. I'm going to Atlanta. What are you yeah. talking about? I'm not going back to China. No, 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 no. I'm going back to Atlanta where the players play because they ride on those streets like every day. You know oh. that song? Yes. Welcome it's to Atlanta. This is not Jermaine Dupree. It is. Yes. Yeah. Big beats hit streets. See gangsters rolling. Party don't stop till six in the morning. All right, so Crittenton was sent back to Atlanta to stand trial for the murder of Jones. After his arrest, he denied any involvement with the murder and was released on $230,000 bond. Javaris and his cousin, Douglas Gamble, were officially indicted on April 2nd, 2013 on 12 counts in connection with Jones's death including now this. oh my god 12 counts 12 counts so get ready for this okay including charges of murder felony murder aggravated assault with a deadly weapon possession of a firearm during the commissions of the felony giving a false statement attempted murder and participating in criminal street gang activity so that's just a few amongst the 12 counts of that what? he was connected with. So why did he get charged with participating in criminal street gang activities? It was reported that Javaris joined the Crips after signing with the Lakers. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> According to the Fulton what? County Assistant 
assistant district attorney, Gabe Banks. Javaris also shot. uh, Now I'm going to screw this one up, but I'm going to try my hardest. Demontina Stevens, early in August of 2011, the target in both shootings was reported Tron, Tron Stevens, who is Demontinus's brother and a member of the rival crew ROC, which is part of the Bloods family. What is yeah. going on? Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. While out on bond on the murder charge, Javaris, because why not? He was arrested again. This time it was because him and 13 other gang members were accused of selling multiple kilos of cocaine and several hundred pounds of marijuana. Javaris, which was charged with two counts of conspiracy to violate Georgia Controlled Substance Act. Wow. On April 29th, 2015, because all good things must come to an end at some point, Shortly before trial was set to begin, Javaris decided that it was a good idea to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter with weapons and aggravated assault with a firearm. Javaris was sentenced to 23 years in prison, set to be released December 13th, 2036. So mark your calendars. Wow. I... I don't. All right. Uh, I got nothing. You go Um, from being drafted by the Lakers to joining the the Crips. The Crips. You were so smart, too. Like, you knew. 3.5 GPA. He joins. And I'm not saying there's no smart people. No. Oh, I'm sure there's geniuses. Please don't come and kill us. Please. I wear gray. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm in green. I don't know. I don't know. If yeah, that's, I don't that's know. A game color. I don't know uh, if that's good or bad. I don't know what's I have going no on. I no idea. I don't know what um, colors anymore. <laughs> God, this, guy, this guy's red. It's just one of those where with so much potential and it's so disheartening, like all these stories are very disheartening because you have so much potential and then it's just like, yeah, no. Yeah. It's just on. But then I'm also questioning like, why did he leave China? That's what I want to know is like, was it something or the other thing too, is there's always some kind of traumatic event that isn't documented that could have spiraled him into a different stratosphere. Right. You don't know, but I know this baller, like, you know, I'm just going to shoot people in the knees. Now I wonder if, um, I wonder if this trade to Washington kind of see, I don't know, because he joined, I guess he was always ready for that. He was always going to be a part of that lifestyle. He was gonna, always going to go down the path because your first team, the first team that you signed on with the team that drafted you, you know, the next, the next time you're just hanging out, all of a sudden you join, you know, you join the Crips. So, and then he got traded two more times after that, but you know, uh, so I guess like it's also the company you keep. Yeah, because if you have certain friends that are 
not really friends. They're gang members who are like, hey, blah, 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 come hang out with this person. And then you get, you know, you're now associated with a gang. Then you just become you just become a gang member because you've been hanging out with these dudes. But he's also also I I wonder. Yeah, he's also carrying a bunch of guns and everything and being stupid. But I also wonder if this has a lot to do with the fact that he didn't really he never ventured out of Georgia. He went to uh, Southwest Atlanta Christian Academy and then went to Georgia Tech. So high school and college were both in Georgia. And then all of a sudden he moves to L.A., which is a fast running, huge city, not in the south. You know, nowhere near close to Florida. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know, it. Not that, not that Atlanta is a a small city, but like, you know, it's a small town boy in a big town city now. You know, big time city. It's a small town girl. Yeah. So it's living he was living in a lonely world. Lonely He took that midnight train straight to prison. I don't know. True story. Yeah. Unbelievable. So set your calendar. Wild. 2036, Javar's Crinton will be out. 2036. No, if he makes it. Who knows? We shall see. Who knows what happens? So that is Javar's Crinton. So before we end the show, because we have to get ready to go on top fan rivalry, uh, we only have, uh, we're supposed to do 11. Yeah. Yeah. We got about 15 minutes. I want to congratulate. Bobby Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, for getting married, and he finally married a doctor. Granted, she is 32 years younger than him, which is very weird when you think about it. When he was 32 years old, she was just born. That's creepy. But Well, hey, he's got his doctor, though. He married a doctor, 81 and 47. Someone to wipe his butt. Good for him. Um, if you go over that. to iapradio.com, go over to our Instagram page, and you can see uh, Bobby Kraft's wedding photo. Uh, there's He's a so lot of happy, lot of familiar faces in that picture. You see yes. uh, Randy Moss, handsome Squidworths in that picture. Um, Vince Wilfork is in there. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of guys in that. But lots of gents. Uh, somebody, um, somebody commented on the pitcher and said that there is a murderer amongst those people and i said who's the murderer and they screenshotted and drove it like they dragged it right in and it was tom brady because he, <laughs> did, he looks like he looks um, um, he looks weird yeah he looks weird I'm, he, he is a hundred percent he looks uh very questionable these yeah. days yeah who knows what he's gonna do after now that he's home alone doesn't have a wife. Yeah. You know? I wonder if he's going to go after Antonio Brown. No, it's going to be the cleaning lady first. Mm-hmm. He'll eat her and be like, oh, this I need your soul. This is how Yaga stays so good. Yes. Oh, maybe once Brady retires, he can go to Canada and play football up there. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. That'd be nice. And he can be like a boot. Yeah. Let's talk a boot. Let's talk a boot. Let's talk about football. How about you own a team? How about you try to buy a team? Try to buy the uh, Washington team. You know, the Washington, hey, how you doing? Whatever they are. That that yeah. doo-doo team. That, that stadium oh, sprays doo-doo on, on all its uh, fans, too. Well, it's like a bad 
All right, so go over to IAPRadio.com. Check us out on all our social media pages. Go over to Spotify and iTunes and rate and view us. Boost us up the charts. We really appreciate that. Go over to Daddy-O Sports Cards on Instagram and like all the seven pitches. I still show up each week, so. You do. I, I really appreciate it I'm each here. and every week. Also, I'm you here. have a little a little thing in the back that says follow and listen to Follow and listen to IAP Radio. Yeah. Check out all of our all of our pages, all of our stuff. We're here for you. Next week we got a guest and we're going to and then we're gonna grill our guest, fried pickles. Yes. It's gonna be fried pickles. It's gonna be great. All sorts of questions. All wild weird questions. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be a good time. Alright, so that is the end of the show for Sarah Ray Talek. I am Dave Houghton. We will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.